Hey everybody, it's Mikey D. Welcome to my stoop. It feels like yesterday when we roamed this lost world. A little town amidst a giant city. Quiet, crazy, wild, and sometimes lonely. Never boring, yet at times it was. It was a place where characters roamed and lived bizarre tales. Yet these were not works of mythology, and it's all tattooed on my mind. So sit back, and let me tell you the stories of this ancient city. Let's hang out together on the Stoops of Atlantis. I talk a lot of Stoops on this podcast. Or do I? Actually, most of what I talk about are events and incidents that take place around the Stoops of Atlantis, that ancient place that exists now only in memory. But what about those concrete steps themselves? The stoop was a Dutch import. They called it stoop. Well, it was the same pronunciation, but it was spelled S-T-O-E-P. You see, with all the canals, they were used to keep the floods from ruining the new carpeting. And it became an architectural feature in New York. I even read that it helped folks rise over the massive piles of horse poop that would pile up around the city back then. I have a feeling being six feet above the sidewalk would not be enough to free your nostrils from the pounds of poop baking on 90-degree summer days. I can only imagine how the city stunk back then. In the 1920s, stoops suddenly fell out of fashion, and many of the richer neighborhoods began removing the stoops. See, luckily in East Harlem, we were never a bastion for the fickle trends of fashion, and we kept our stoops, and they were sucked into the very culture of my neighborhood. In the country, folks hang out on their porch, if a rural area, they can revel in the peace of looking out on fields or hills or forests, neighbors far from sight. Suburban people have decks, usually at the rear of the house, with fences and shrubs to create a private world of peaceful isolation. In East Harlem, unless you were lucky enough to have a backyard, we used those concrete staircases as our porch, as our deck. But on a stoop, the world plays out before you. The stoop is like a front row seat in a theater in the round. There is no isolation from your neighbors. And I saw some crazy things from my stony perch. Once I saw construction workers renovating the big white building across the street, toss a tub, a bathtub, a big old-fashioned giant bathtub, out the six-floor window into a dumpster full of mattresses. The tub bounced back up and went into an open window on the third floor. Seriously, it was like out of a cartoon. Years later, in that very same building, now fully renovated, I watched as flames flickered and licked the air from the top floor apartment. Then I heard gasps. From the stoop, I saw the little kitten on the windowsill, billows of smoke pouring past it. And with joy and dread, we all watched from our stoops as one of New York's bravest leaned his body over the fire escape, grabbed the kitten by the scruff of the neck, nuzzled him into his chest, and descended the steps as a chorus of cheers filled the block. Imagine a girl with headphones, 80s Walkman tape player, skating carefree down 118 on a quiet night. She lived in the big building across the street and was a familiar regular, skating up and down the block all the time. Down a 
and she was lost in her music, unable to hear the police car coming down the wrong way from Pleasant, its sirens whooping to get her attention so they could zoom by to a call on First Avenue where a bunch of police lights are dancing and flickering like a party. But her smile and her lips sinking silently the lyrics to her private tune drowns out her own reality. I know that feeling, getting lost in a song. Me and my friends are on my stoop watching this, and we're waving our arms frantically, trying to get her attention. And we're laughing, the police car's creeping closer, whoop, whooping more. Finally, she sees us all waving, smiles, but catches our fingers pointing behind her. She turns, and you can see the cartoon bubble exclamation points over our head. She takes off like an Olympic speed skater and rolls to one side as the police car finally zips by. We all cracked up. Watching the detectives, or the regular cops, was par for the course in those days around the stoops of Atlantis. And sometimes we were watching them work, like the time we were sitting on the stoop on a particularly hot August evening. The Mr. Softy truck was near, a group of kids lined up as it played the theme from the Stoops of Atlantis podcast, or, or whatever it was, N- never mind anyway. I spot a police car, its lights flashing, but, but no siren coming down the block from first. Then two more coming the wrong way from Pleasant. You know, you learn some things living in a ghetto. One was when there were lights and no sirens, the crime or the criminals were close. And if they were coming down the street the wrong way, as they did with the skateaway girl, something was up. Then the doors open on multiple cars and guns are drawn. Yeah, guns. So I'm leaning on one butt cheek to book if shots started firing. Guns drawn was never a good sign, but to a kid, it's kind of an exciting turn of events. Five cops, each with a 38 shining on the streetlight, surround the Mr. Softy truck. What was this? A movie shoot? No, there wasn't a camera around. Was the music too loud? I mean, maybe if it was 2022, but definitely not 1978. I mean, who cared? Was more than ice cream being sold from this truck? Was the guy pouring the sprinkles an escaped felon? Or did the cops simply want to cut the line for a banana boat? I never did find out. Just as quickly as they arrived, they left, as if someone reversed the film. Guns into holsters, cops into cars, cars back off the street, and the music kept playing. something romantic about stoops. One can imagine a modern-day Romeo stepping up to the first step, head craned back, awaiting the full moon to peek from the clouds to illuminate the beautiful countenance of his Juliet as she comes to the window or peers down from the balcony of the rooftop. Me, I, I wasn't Billy Joel with his sweet romantic teenage nights, but there were little moments, flashes of romance on my stoops of Atlantis. One day, I was sitting on the stoop with this girl named Christian. She was a friend of Christina, who would go off from the neighborhood from time to time. Christian was acting extra friendly, playful. She kept saying she was going to give me a hickey, but she was using her fingers to pinch my neck. I said, that's not how real hickeys are given, and she giggled and blushed. Now, while she wasn't my first choice, I was game for some fun. Then she takes out a pen and she starts writing on my hand, scribbling, giggling. I grab for the pen, and we get even more playful and we start fighting for the pen and accidentally the pen scribbled on her cheek and all hell broke loose. 
She started screaming loudly. You blind blah, blind blah, you blind blah, over and over, loudly. I tried to get her to calm down. I mean, what had snapped? And then she stormed off just as my dad comes out. And I can only imagine what he thought I had done. And he was pissed at me. I was thoroughly confused. So much for a playful romantic session with that basket case. And there were other times hanging with Jennifer and the gang, where she would drape her arms around my neck and lean against me. I was shy but delighted in the attention. But shyness was a real curse. In no time did that dark trait rear its muted scream more than one cool autumn night. Standing alone atop my stoop, the block silent, I spotted her walking from First Avenue. Come up on different streets. The girl of my teenage dreams. I pretended I didn't see her, and when her voice called out, You look like James Dean standing there. I blushed and smiled. And she didn't just walk off. She wanted to stay and talk. We chatted, and she took a seat. And I stepped closer, sitting a few steps away. And as we chatted, alone on a quiet, beautiful evening, I felt this bubble in my stomach. Here was the chance, the opportunity to finally ask this girl out. Shyness, that demon, had its palm tightly gagging my mouth. I could feel the words forming. And the sound of the top door opened. My mother stood there. Mike, gotta come in soon. Now, she was not one of those Italian mothers who wanted her son to become a priest and remain a virgin. So I think she was giving me a few more minutes. She knew I was on Christina's trail. Sometimes she would ask me, so how are things with Jacqueline Smith? As she would refer to her. And I would shrug, just shrug. I had no clue. My mom went back in. And after a moment, I guess the shy monster felt it was safer for me to go in. So I said goodnight. And I could tell Christina looked disappointed. I can't do the talks. Now, not everyone has had experiences with stoops. In the summer of 1984, I started dating a girl from downtown. Billy Joel sung about uptown girls, but when you live in East Harlem, it was the downtown girls that were rich and fancier. Now, Susie had never hung on a stoop, so it was imperative to me she was initiated into this special club properly. We were going to do it all right. And we walked to Pleasant Market, and we got barbecue corn chips and Manhattan specials. And there was no more shy monster. That demon had been exercised for good. Oh, did I mention that I ended up marrying that girl? Now, the stoop was also our stadium, our sporting arena, our playground, our gym. So many games, from the hot summer days of summer to the coldest and snowiest winter times, would utilize those concrete steps. Stoop ball was one of my favorites, especially when you nailed the edge of the perfect step with the Spalding and watched it launch across the street to the opposite stoop for a home run. We also would test our guile by seeing from how high a step we could jump. I remember the feeling of being a champ when I finally jumped from that top step. It was also the base when playing freeze tag, or where we would sit for a game of Mother May I. 
And when we got our hands on a refrigerator box, we would open it up to one long sheet and use it to sled down the steps, our skinny butts rattling on stone. Or in the winter, we would do the same when those steps were coated in a frosting of snow. Those stone steps may be just remnants of archaic architecture, or just outdated forms for function. But to us, they were an integral part of our very existence. Those stone steps molded our lives around and on those stoops of Atlantis. Thanks for listening in to The Stoops of Atlantis with Mikey D. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to rate it on whatever app you're using. And you could also leave a message at the Facebook page or contact me at stoopsmail at yahoo.com. Until next time. Mm-hmm.